Coming up next is the latest episode of The Enlightened Agent. Uh, on today's show, we have John Dar, the CEO at Dar Shackow Insurance, based down in Gainesville, Florida. Had a good conversation with John about what needs to change in the homeowner's market down there, and also an interesting story about how he was able to help a homeowner down there get coverage, uh, not just coverage, but get paid when she had a fire on her house. Fascinating story, and just the kind of thing we like to hear on the show about how agents are helping their clients and protect the things that they that they love. So enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Enlightened Agent, a podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. My name is Jason Keck, and I'm joined today by John Dar, CEO of Dar Shaco Insurance. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me, for sure. My pleasure. John, I've seen recently that you are an avid LinkedIn Live broadcaster doing premium time. Nice name, by the way, with John Dar as a former uh, social media industry operator in the industry. I think it's awesome that you're taking advantage of the platform. So I've seen a little bit of the shows, but for those who haven't watched, would you mind telling them who you are, what you do, and maybe a little bit about what inspired you to do the show? Sure. Yeah. Again, my name's John Dar. I'm an independent agent. We're based in Gainesville, Florida. I've been an agent for 28 years now. So going back to 92 or three, I guess, 93 when I started. So yeah, we got into doing a podcast. I had a, a friend of mine that we, we just always used to kid around saying, hey, we, we need to get together and do a podcast because it seemed like every time we got together, back and forth banter was, was pretty good. So I had a friend of mine that, well, I was invited on a podcast and okay. as a guest. And after the podcast, I mentioned to Elio, the producer of the podcast, he said, you know, would you like to do a podcast? And I said, you know, I've, I've kid about this for a while and let me call my buddy and see if he's up for doing it. So I called my buddy. He's like, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. And we said, well, what's the podcast going to be about? And I said, well, <laughs> I don't know, because most people don't want to listen to an insurance podcast per se. So we're going to have to create value doing something else. So okay. we sort of had a script in the beginning, and then uh, it's kind of evolved into a free form talk about, we talk about all kinds of things, what, sometimes insurance, sometimes sports, local events. We'll have guests on the show. Cool. It's really, I, I kid around about the show is I don't have advertisers, so I can do whatever it is I want to do. Nice on show, and and uh, you know that kind of makes it different and fun. So nice to have some free reign to say what you want, feel comfortable with it. How many episodes now have you guys done? Do you think roughly? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I, I wish I could tell you exactly, but we've been doing it every week since. I want to say the first episode was like the first part of February. So we're oh wow, we're uh, six you know, seven months in, right? Almost yes, eight yeah. months in. So you know we've probably done 35, 40 episodes, something like that. Cool. Uh, Curious why live instead of more of just a podcast, right? Is it more just that it's fun to do live, or what? Where did that come from? It's a good question. So when we decided to do the podcast, the producer said, "Look." If we just go live, I don't have to edit anything. <laughs> I can I can give you a much better price if 
you know, if we just go live. And I said, well, what if we say something we shouldn't say? And he's like, well, don't say anything you shouldn't say and you'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, God, my my buddy and I laugh to this day. We're like, I can't believe we've done eight, nine months of this. And we haven't gotten into trouble yet or maybe nobody's listening. I don't know. One of the two. But (laughs) uh, it's been fun. It's been uh, really a really pretty neat experience so far. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, certainly during, since COVID hit, podcasts have gotten popular, right? A, a lot of people have started them. And I think people have found that they're, you know, they're relatively easy to do, right? You just get on the horn, you have a conversation with people who are fun and interesting and different and pick some topics that are relevant to to the people that you're connected with in your world and, and put it out there. So yeah, we've had kind of similar concept. I, the, the we decide, or I decided to start doing this show after hosting my kids' online trivia night for their school, and I had the same reaction. My my wife was like, "Man, you're pretty good as a host. You should do a podcast." I was like, "Yeah, why not? That was easy." So we started. We called a bunch of friends, and I said, "Hey, do you want to have a conversation that we can record and publish?" And here we are. So yeah, that's cool. I appreciate it. again. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Yeah, it's good to have it's good to have some some clever people in the industry. Uh, I don't come from the industry. I think most people by now know that. And so um, for me, it's always fascinating to hear stories of people who have been in the industry for a while and some of the amazing things they do. So outside of the show, you know, obviously involved with the agency, anything you want to share with with the listeners about the agency, what you guys do and anything new with the, with the company? Yeah, so we started out as a nationwide captive agent in 1992. My dad started in 92, and I joined him in 1993. And then in 2008 in Florida, they made all of the uh, captive agents with nationwide in Florida, they made us independent agents. So it changed changed our world dramatically. And my dad retired at that point, and mm-hmm. I basically took over. And I think when he retired, we were we were probably... 10 to 12 employees, you know, so most of the agents listening can tell roughly premium wise what that is. And then last count, we're about just under 60 employees now. So we've grown a lot since 2009. And at the end of last year, we partnered with a company out of California called Liberty Companies. And, uh, and that's been a great experience for us because it allowed us to partner with a, a, a great a company that's got a great culture and, and great resources. And, and we're hoping to continue the growth pattern that we've had up until now. And, you know, we partnered with them at the end of December last year. And we are up this year somewhere north of 15% growth. So, we continue to grow. You know, when you get to sixty employees, it's it can be difficult to to grow that. You know, to grow that agency, grow an agency of that size. Yeah. And lucky enough, you know, with the resources and then with the help that Liberty Companies have given us, we continue to to grow. So it's yeah. it's different that it's Liberty Company is a, more of a partnership than it is a private equity or an acquisition type situation. So. It is very unique. At the time, we were not looking to partner, sell, or anything. But the more we dug into it and looked at it, we, you know, we said, you know, this this really makes a, a lot of sense, and it's it's a different experience than what else was out there 
you know, different model, so to speak. How did you find those guys? California, California and Gainesville, not, not exactly side by side. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So they had a, a friend of mine that I knew from FAI approached me about just taking a meeting with these guys. And I was always real good about meeting with most everybody that approached me. And in the last couple of years, it's been relentless people trying to, you know, sit down and approach us about acquiring us and that kind of thing. Right. So I always listened. I, I didn't always obviously, you know, act on anything, but I, uh, I did listen. And when we sat down with them, it just, it was such a different message that it was worth looking into further. And at the end of the day, we took about a year, but at the end of the day, we ended up uh, partnering with them. Figuring it out. Yeah. Can you share anything about what the, the the nature of the partnership is in terms of like, what's the give get, right? What are they giving you? What are you giving them? Like, how does yeah, it work? So they come in as a majority partner. So it allows us to take some chips off the table, so to speak, but we still own a piece of the agency okay. the entity. So, you know, that's where the difference comes in. A lot of times these other companies or, or mega agencies come in and they buy a hundred percent and they, make you manage it to their PL and that sort of thing. And and this is not, this is not a situation like that. It's it's a it's a much different model than than that. And it allows us to retain some ownership and and truly act like partners because we are, you know, partners in the agency. So so it's 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 unique and it's it's been very so far it's so far so good. So nice. Yeah. I mean the outside of the tech industry, you don't often hear about you know, ownership being shared, right? Tech industry, it's common to kind of issue options and grants to employees and everybody's a shareholder and everybody's rowing in the same direction. So interesting to hear that that you guys have found a model that works for you with with those guys. So yeah. Um very cool. Congrats on that. That's awesome. The you said you started what 92. So um 93. The agency 93. started in 92. My dad started in 92, and I, I graduated from the University of South Carolina in Aiken, South Carolina, and came home in 1993 and okay. didn't know what I wanted to do. And my dad said, Well, you can sell insurance. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't sound too exciting, but tell me, you know, tell me more. And he right. says, Well, let me give you a, in a nutshell. He said, if you can find an industry that you're selling a product that by law they have to buy, then you might want to look into that industry. And I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, they have to buy car insurance. They have to buy home insurance, sort of. They have to buy, you know, the mortgage companies require them to buy insurance. Now, they don't have to buy it from you, but they're going to buy it from, from somewhere. Yeah. And when he framed it that way, I said, you know what, that's, that sounds pretty good. I, I you know, I can, uh, if I just work really hard, I'm hoping somebody would buy from me and you know, <laughs> lo, lo and behold, 25,000 policyholders later where it worked. And, and so that, you know, that was interesting to me when I started that, you know, I, I don't know that I really had any great desire to be an insurance agent, right. but at the, at the time when I graduated, I said, okay, this, you know, that I can see where this makes some sense. And, uh, 28 years in, um, what do you think have been the biggest changes and what do you think is the next thing that needs to change? <laughs> yes. That's a great question. So in 1993, my dad handed me a phone that obviously was plugged into the wall in a phone book. <laughs> 
I remember phone books. Okay. Well, Good. Right. He had a, he handed me a phone book and he said, here you go. You know, they're, they're start calling, you know, anybody, you know, call them up and ask them to buy insurance from you. Yep. Inside so, sales. So I, yeah, so I did. And you know, the fact that he was only a year into building an agency, he, he didn't have anything to give me. So it was literally, you know, look, kid, I'll, I'll teach you how to do it, but I don't have anything to give you. And right. So we did. And, and I was always the type of kid or I'm still the type of person that <clears throat> I get along with a lot of different people. I seem to be able to embrace people of all types and get along with them. So in the insurance world, that's a really valuable skill yeah. to manage those relationships. And, you know, I, I look back to when I was in high school and I, I was friends with the, I was an athlete, I played baseball, but I was friends with the athletes. I was friends with the nerds. I was friends with, you know, the punk rockers. I, I, for yeah. some reason, I just always was friendly with all these different types of kids. And it's turned out that it's worked very well in the insurance field yeah. because, you know, as we, we tend to have to deal with all kinds of different folks. That's right. You gotta, you gotta be comfortable with that. All right. So, so, so hardline phone and a phone book in 1993, this yeah. cl clearly a few things have changed since then. What anything stick out in your mind is like, wow, this was. Yeah. So, you know, before there was two ways to, for people to get in touch with me, basically in person, or if they walk through the front door or if they right. call me, you know, and that right. was really the only way, two ways that they could get in touch with me or I could get in touch with them. Yep. Well, you know, now the, what's changed is, is there's so many different ways that we as agents can either be contacted or contact other people, you know, social media, I don't know how many platforms there are, but it seems like there's a lot and never yep. ending. Yep. And, you know, now you have, the phone and the, and the in-person has sort of gone away. You've got, uh, you know, these social media outlets are really your, you know, view it as your front door, so to speak. So, you know, do you make it easy for people to walk through your front door by either LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, and, and even I don't do all of those, but the more front doors you have, the easier yeah. it is for people to get in touch with you. So I think that's what's changed, you know, that, that agents need to embrace if, if they can, it, as best they can. All right. Maybe that explains why you, you've tripled your book, right? You tripled your employees over the last 30 years is you've opened more doors, maybe not physical doors, but uh, digital doors. So you guys, yeah. are, you, are you guys pretty, I don't say aggressive, but it sounds like you're leaning in pretty hard on the digital digital track. I think some certain platforms are more effective than other. You know, LinkedIn's been a great effective platform for me, and, and Facebook or seems to be probably the two most popular. The more active you are, and I, and I don't claim to be an expert by any stretch. I'm more of the throw some stuff up against the wall and see what sticks kind of guy. Yep. And, and that's probably not the right way to do it, but that's the way I've done it. So a lot of folks, if you can just be active on those platforms and be aware of what is out there and, and how to 
put valuable content out there, you know, understanding what valuable content is, is, is very, it's pretty unique. It's, it's not what you think. They, they don't want to, they don't want to hear about insurance. They don't, that's not necessarily valuable content. Yeah. So, Bullhorning, bull uh, as I think the term was called early on is, is not well received, right? That's like a stop, stop selling directly to my face. We're not even having a live conversation, uh, but it's a really powerful place to build a brand and help people get to know you and get more comfortable with you and feel, you know, more, feel safer contacting you. There's no question that, that social media is, is really good for that. So kudos to you for, for having some success there. There's definitely, I think you're doing it right in the beginning. You, you, you certainly just, you know, you throw some stuff at the wall, you start to learn, you know, we've seen, and both in and outside of the insurance industry, as you start to get more advanced, you start getting into the analytics around it, right? And start to, okay, we've done X many posts, what's performed, what's not performed, what are the reasons why? There's there's like a next level of kind of social social analytics that, you know, you could get to. And, you know, it requires a little bit more time and investment into it, but sometimes it's just a branding exercise. You just want to get your name out there and let people you know, get, get comfortable with you. So is it mostly you or do you have other people in the company doing it? Or, I mean, I know obviously the LinkedIn thing is, is powerful for you, but do, do all your producers do, you know, content or how does that, how, how do you I guys wish, do that? I, I wish I beg them and plead and, and, you know, and they do what they can and they, they do the best they can, but the LinkedIn is definitely me. Premium time. The podcast is definitely me. We do have a marketing company, keep it real social that helps us out of Michigan cool. do the agency posts. And even they are trying to trying to make it more personable, the, the post be more personable and not necessarily bullhorning. bullhorning. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, buy insurance uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> <Look here. laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, most of it is, is, is me. And that's, you know, going back to the podcast, it's, you know, when we got together and did the podcast, I told my, guy on the, my co-host, I said, listen, we're not going to talk about insurance. We, we might talk a little bit about insurance, but it's right. going to be one sentence, you know, very little tiny bit. And he was very surprised. He's like, well, really? And I said, no, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to talk about fun, cool stuff. And, you know, it may be how bad the Gator football team is this year or, you know, whatever it's, or how great the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. You know, it can be anything like that. So it's, I think that's, you know, if I can provide value to other agents out there to understand, just, just don't necessarily make it all about insurance. They, they know you're an insurance agent. They, they know, you know, they know they can buy insurance from you. Have you, um, what do you think the effect has been, right? It's always hard to measure, right? To, like, have you generated any like real leads out of it? You don't know, right? People contact you. You, don't, you have no idea that they see you show or not, right? But but what's I can tell you this almost every time I'm in the community and, and literally every day that I'm out in the community and sometimes it's a restaurant, sometimes it's, you know, meeting network, chamber of commerce, whatever. I get a comment about the podcast Amazing. almost every single time. And, Amazing. you know, that is, you know, that's just crazy to me that that means that a lot of people and I'm sure they're not watching every episode and I'm sure they're not, you know, tuning in every minute and all that kind of stuff or they're noticing. And, you know, I think one of the important things is people usually will have a trigger 
that they will happen when it's time to buy insurance. And right. maybe it's a renewal, maybe it's, you know, rates went up or this wasn't covered or whatever. I, you know, who knows? There's a million different triggers. If I can be on the top of their head, you know, I can, right. I can, I win. And, That's right. and well, you know, at least you, at least you get a phone call, right? And so, and you get a chance to win and the brand, you know, just the brand awareness, exactly your point, right? Hey, I, I have a problem. Either my, I need new coverage or my existing coverage, you know, I'm not happy with it. I need an option. I could either go on the internet and try to search and qualify people that way. Or I can say, hmm, that guy, John didn't seem like such a bad guy. Right. <laughs> gonna, I'll give him a call. Maybe, you know, and he's, he's clearly established enough to do a podcast. So why not have a chat with him? It's one step better than, you know, going on the internet and, you know, looking up somebody that you don't know. So, and that's all you need to do is be one step better than the next guy. Good for you. Okay. So, so the way in which you communicate with customers has changed. What do you think? What else needs to change? It's still broken. <laughs> well, I think that some of the, in, in Florida, especially, you know, we have hurricanes here and we have attorneys and we have something called assignment of benefits and some of that. I think that some of the problem that needs to be fixed here, specifically here in Florida is the, the fact that when an, when an attorney sues an insurance company, all they have to win is a dollar to get all of their legal fees paid. What? So we are in a situation where we didn't have this claim, but I, I know about this claim where they, the attorney sued the homeowner won a thousand dollars. So it was a twenty-five thousand dollar roof claim, and, and instead of twenty-five thousand, that the, the homeowner got twenty. It was supposed to be twenty-six thousand. Okay? Right. Not, not a big deal. Well, in in Florida, the attorney won, so the attorney got seventy-five thousand dollars in legal fees paid for. But but there's something called a fee multiplier that the attorney that the judge awarded the attorney and allowed the attorney to 10X his legal fees. So the attorney walked away with $750,000 in legal fees on a claim where the homeowner you know, got 1,000 of the $750,000 worth of legal fees. So I think, that, <laughs> I, think, I think that needs to change. I think that is something that, you know, it needs, somehow it needs to change now that the, you know, legal, Attorneys have a pretty strong lobbying group. Yeah. So they're not. What's what's the consequence of that? Does that just mean policies are more expensive because claims you end up paying not just the claim, but you have to fact like the carriers have to factor in legal fees for those claims. Yeah, that's right. So rates are going rates are going through the roof here in Florida. I mean, rates are going 10, 15, 20 percent every year. And and it's and the, the state of Florida's insurance companies filling up because a lot of the carriers are are not writing right like houses with roofs that are some carriers won't write a house that has a roof that's five years old or older than five years old. So so it's just kind of you know that's kind of broke. We've got to figure that out. We've got to, yeah. as an industry, we've got to figure that out. And and I understand we need attorneys. Don't get me wrong. I, I get the fact that we you know we need attorneys because there are situations sure. that, that we need attorneys to to be involved in that sort of thing but 
it, it's not a healthy industry right now. The, the insurance companies are, are losing pretty poorly and they're just going to pull out. They're just going to leave the state, which is, means that now we're left is, with nothing. Is that a, was that, was, is that law or the, the, 10x is that is that recent is that why price is that are rates going up because this was introduced recently or you know i don't know exactly i think it's been around a while it actually was brought over from medical malpractice lawsuits that kind of thing but right. i mean now their their attorneys are suing on a windshield claim so you, you've got a you know three four hundred dollar windshield claim and if the attorney can win a dollar right. you know say oh the insurance company should have paid 350 instead of 300 now right. he, he or she gets all of their legal fees paid for by the insurance company, and it could be thousands of dollars over a windshield claim. That sounds so gnarly. It's that sounds yeah, gnarly. It's not good. So that needs to change, and I think it, I, I'm I'm optimistic that it will. It just takes a little bit of time and energy. And yeah, know. we're seeing. I don't know if you do much in the cyberspace, but we're seeing rates skyrocket in cyber right now. It's you know with all the claims and the breaches over the last few years, the the prices on cyber insurance are, are through the roof and um, similar like coverage, coverages are even hard to get and everybody's looking for options. And I think the carriers are starting to panic because they don't really know how to, they don't know how to, to rate it properly because it's such a, a changing space. So different, different world entirely, right? Cyber versus homeowners, but it generally feels like hardening markets of late prices going up makes your job a little harder but uh hopefully you know if you guys are talking to your clients through it you're going to be you're going to be okay in the end and maybe part of what's driving your 15 percent growth at the end of the day as well so cool well look um you know I, I think we talked a little bit about this before the show but um as, as you know the show is called uh, the enlightened agent uh, because we like to share stories about amazing agents uh, who do amazing things, right? And enlightenment is defined as the state of having knowledge or understanding. And so I wanted to ask you if you have any stories that you'd like to share, uh, either from your career or from uh, agents that you know where you've been able to really help people, because I think that's super important to share. Yeah, it's been a couple of years now, but we had a client of ours that called on his neighbor whose house was burning down and he not not a call you like to get <laughs> no exactly so it turns out we were the agent of record on this house ironically and and, and he this guy was an, an attorney and friend of ours so he he kind of knew but right. he called and said hey this is what's going on so i literally just grabbed my keys and ran out of the office and went i knew i knew where it was and what house it was and all that so I showed up on scene and literally the, the homeowner is a widow. Uh, she's been a, she's been a client for 25 years and, and she's standing in the front yard watching her, watching her house burn down and the firefighters are there. And, you know, and obviously it was a pretty intense, pretty intense scene. And I will tell you that when I showed up, she definitely, she was very glad to see me and, you know, glad that I was there and, glad that I was there to help her and, and that sort of thing. So it yeah. was a pretty intense, pretty intense situation that, you know, you don't see every day, but it does, it does happen. And then we spent the next, oh gosh, it, they paid it, it took about four or five months maybe 
the insurance mm. company paid policy limits, paid the full policy limits, all the contents, you know, the whole thing. And, and she was, she was living in the house at the time with her, with her grown adult son, but she ended up not rebuilding the house. She ended up selling, you know, right. selling a lot and, and somebody else came in and tore the rest of it down and that sort of thing. But it was pretty intense. I mean, it definitely, it definitely showed me the value of personal relationships and insurance. And, and, you know, we do things that are important and, and houses do burn down and, you yeah. know, and blow away mm-hmm. and, you know, things. You saved, do. you saved her life literally. Right. Pretty, I mean, yeah, I, well, she, I, she was struggling to begin with her husband had died a few years ago and, you know, she was struggling with the whole thing and it was about a 5,000 square foot house. So it was a pretty good sized house that she was having to keep up and take care of and all that kind of stuff. And I got to imagine in the moment, right. When you're watching that, you have so many questions, right. I mean, like, you know, you realize obviously there's nothing you can do. You're feeling pretty helpless. And so, you know, having somebody, especially, you know, her agent rock yeah. up and, and, and be there and, yeah. I can imagine, you know, you're kind of afraid to ask the question. If I were in that situation, I'd be like, uh, yeah. I don't even know. I'm afraid to ask the question. Like, what does this mean? Right. Right. Um, yeah. So be proactive on that is super powerful. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we called it, they have a nationwide was the carrier and they have a, a large claims catastrophic loss team that I got a hold of them. And, and they, they actually came out the same day as well. And, uh, you know, once right. fire was out and helped, just introduce themselves to her and start the whole process literally, you know, that day, which, you know, just gave her some comfort as to, okay, it's, you know, it's going to be okay. It's, you know, that kind of thing. So it's very, very, uh, it was pretty intense. Yeah. Well, look, those aren't stories you, you like to hear, right. People's, you know, things that go wrong, but I think, you know, whenever they happen, it's always good to know there's, there's support for them and good people looking after uh, people who need it. So good for you. And sounds like, you know, m- maybe good for her in the end, if she, she moved on to something new and different, sometimes you need events like that to help you move it, move into the next phase of life, right? Whatever that may be. So needless to say, she doesn't, she's not going anywhere as a client. She, she's, uh, <laughs> right? she doesn't care. She doesn't care what it costs. Or whatever. She's like, look, you know, you're my guy. So yeah. Awesome, man. Well, good for you. And and thanks for sharing that story. This has been a great conversation. I I find that there always are. I think we we have great people on the show and and you you included. So really appreciate you making the time. Before before we wrap up here, anything you wanna you wanna share with our listeners today? No, I, I, I don't. I just thank you for uh allowing me to be on the show. Thank you for allowing me to expand the brand and tell folks who we are and and how we do things and our experiences. So now I appreciate it. Uh, And if people want to listen to your show, what's, how do they do that? What, how can they find premium time with John? John John Yeah. So usually LinkedIn, if you search premium time with John Dar, it'll probably come up and, and face, we have a Facebook page as well. You want to search that premium time with John Dar, it'll show up. We don't have a website. I I probably should have a website, but I don't. (laughs) And, uh, uh, but it's, like I said, it's, we do it for fun. So yeah, if you can search those two things, it'll, it'll probably pop up. Cool. And is there uh it's a live show, right? So if we want to listen live to live. Show. So what, Lord knows what we're going to say. You can, 
you can call in and heckle us or comment on it. And, and we, uh, we're, we're good with that. So it is a live show. And wh- when does it go live? Is it Tuesday at three o'clock? Tuesday at three o'clock. Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday is at three o'clock. Yeah. T- every Tuesday at three o'clock. Okay. And I can find that on LinkedIn. If I, if I want to mark my calendar right now for the next live show, there you go. Can I heckle you on the show? Is that allowed? Absolutely. You- yes. Bring it on. We, we- <laughs> Do you take callers? You, t- you know, is yeah. it like a radio? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, make sure you publish the number. I'm going to bomb into one of your shows one of these days. And, okay. uh, that sounds fun. That sounds I'll, good. I'll, I'll press you about your your days playing baseball or something yeah. about LSU beating Florida uh, next time they do. So yeah, not this year, last year maybe. So I think that'll make great content for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, John, thanks a bunch. Really appreciate you being on the show, and um, look forward to seeing you around sometime in the near future. Thanks again, Jason.